This is Big Tasty Sports. Welcome to the DFS Huddle for week three here on Big Tasty Sports. We are going to be talking tonight about some of the plays that you might want to consider for your DFS lineups this week. There definitely is more and more injury news coming in, so you want to make sure that you're checking that out as well. Obviously, with DFS, it is a game where you have to be paying attention all the way up until kickoff and making adjustments as needed. We're recording this on Thursday night, so obviously there is likely to be news that will come out after this is recorded. Uh, Yanni hopefully will be able to jump on with me in a little bit, but he is fighting with some customer service right now. We wish him the best, and so we're going to start. I'm actually going to talk a little bit about some work I was doing this week on offenses that are the most consolidated. Uh, before I do that, though, I do just want to ask you, please like the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already. There's a lot of content coming out. Also, you can check out BigTastySports.com. I've been putting a lot of articles out there with different research that I'm doing and also a lot of the bets that I'm making, kind of like official bets or whatever. I'm putting out there in articles with a little bit of an explanation of why I'm betting what I'm betting, teaser legs, props, all kinds of stuff. So check out BigTastySports.com and you can sign up for the newsletter there as well on the main homepage. All right, so what I want to talk about first is some offenses in the NFL where the usage is really condensed. And here's the reason why that matters. I mean, maybe it's self-evident, but in case, you know, you're not quite sure why that would matter. The more spread out the offensive production is, the more you have to figure out who the guy is that's going to go off in a given week. So let me give you a couple examples of this. First of all, let's talk about Buffalo. High-powered offense. There's going to be plenty of weeks where you want to have Buffalo in your DFS lineups. So you're going to take Josh Allen as your quarterback. And you say, probably I'm going to take Stephon Diggs, right? That's sort of an, a normal place to go. Maybe I'm also going to want to throw in James Cook because James Cook has been ripping off some long runs. He's looking really good. He's involved in the passing game. we got to see what happens with his touchdowns still. But, man, this is a guy that has high upside, so I might want to include James Cook. Ah, but then there's Gabe Davis. I mean, he's the big play guy. And so, you know, Gabe Davis, there's going to be a lot of weeks where he sucks up some of the yardage and probably a touchdown or two. But man, if we're going to talk about touchdowns, I mean, the Bills really like to go to their tight ends. Knox is scoring a touchdown almost every week if he's not injured. But then Kincaid is this rookie who's just got all kinds of upside and he's bound to have a big week. You get the point here. You got some tough decisions to make. And obviously, salary comes into play here. You can probably get three of the guys from the Bills in there if you choose not to use Stefan Diggs. If you use Diggs, you got to drop down to somebody cheaper. Maybe you can get him in one of the tight ends. And so on any given week, what you're saying is not only the Bills are going to have a good offensive week, but also I'm going to be able to pick which guys on the Bills are going to have a good offensive week. And certainly there are times where there are matchups that are best against another defense. Maybe a defense gives up a lot of yardage to tight ends or to outside receivers, or they're not good against the run or whatever. So those things play in, and you can pick off the people who are likely to be best. So I'm not saying never play the Bills or like Kansas City is another one. I mean, you got, we'll talk about Kansas City because they have Kelsey, but then after that, what is it? You got a list of like six receivers. And a running back. Who, who are you picking? Unless you just go Mahomes and Kelsey, which is something you consider could consider doing. On the other hand, though, if you can find teams where the offensive usage is pretty consolidated, now all of a sudden, all that you are betting on, really, is this team is going to have a really good day offensively. Because if they have a good day, there is a very high percentage chance uh, that it's going to be certain guys that go off. All right, I'm going to pick up this thought in a moment. I'll finish it up and I'll get Yanni's thoughts on it. But Yanni's here, so I'm going to let him in. All right, Yanni, welcome in. Uh, glad that you were able to make it. Did you or all your customer service woes put to rest? They are not. And if I'm not mistaken, Arthur Blank owns the Falcons still, I think. I think uh, so. And I think he also is still the owner of the Home Depot. As a result, I will not be backing the Falcons anytime <laughs> soon. To uh, you're not going to like my Bijan Robinson love this week. <laughs> I, you know, without without getting into it because it's not relevant to the podcast here. But 
can anyone ever do anything right like ever anywhere it just doesn't seem like it to me i'm sorry just you and dfs that's someone who can do something right I but guess. We'll <laughs> generally with customer service they cannot it's true <laughs> no fun well hey man um before we get into like the regular stuff i was just talking a little bit about some of this um this idea of like looking for offenses where the usage is more consolidated. And so just wanted to get your thoughts on it real quick too. I had shared the bills as an example of a team who are going to have a lot of good offensive weeks, but you got to figure out which people to pick off in that case, where for instance, if you look at a team uh, like the saints, for instance, you've got Olave Thomas and Shahid, and they're making up 70 some percent of the targets in the passing game. And until Kamara comes back, there's not a whole lot going on in the run game. And so really what you're betting on then, from my perspective in DFS, is will the Saints have a big day or not? Because if they do, it's going to be those guys. You, I mean, yes, Johnson could maybe catch a touchdown or something, but it's likely based on usage, those three. Is that something that plays in when you think about DFS at all or, or not um, in terms of t- trying to find teams that are likely to have a big week but also have very consolidated usage on offense? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at it that way a little bit, Um, you know, because like you said, if not, you are really having to strategically play matchups with teams that do spread the ball around. And that can be effective also, but I think you've got to be really strategic on how you do that. And, and, you know, I'll use an example. Um, If a team is playing the Denver Broncos, for example, uh, Sertan is very solid on one side. They've had trouble on the other side. So normally you may steer clear of that number one weapon on on a game against the Broncos, but you might use that as an opportunity to pri- you know to play one of the other wide receivers. So, I mean, I think you can look at it both ways, but there's something to be said about guys that you know are going to be involved heavily every week, and you don't really have to worry about others poaching a lot of the work. So I think you, know, you bring up a really good point with that. I'll just say the last thing on that. Years ago, I mean, the Cardinals were horrible. This goes back a long time. And David Boston was the only weapon they had on that offense. And it's like David Boston. Yeah. As bad as that team was, you know, that was, if you could get David Boston, you were golden because he was going to get 15 targets every week and he was going to be the only guy to move the chains and whatever. So I think, you know, again, when you look at those players that can be consolidated every week, that, that can be a huge advantage. Yeah, for sure. Man, that's Puka right now. He's leading the NFL in target share, which is insane, but 33 targets on 91 pass plays that he's been in there. I mean, a a third of the time, uh, over a third of the time, he's being targeted, which is just, that was probably, you know, plus 10,000 going into the season if there had been a bet on that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. (laughs) Well, hey, man, let's uh, let's jump into the this uh, DK, uh, the lineups this week, and we'll maybe not do all the tiers. We'll just go through the, especially like quarterback tight end. We'll just hit, hit the whole thing. So let's start out with quarterbacks as you are searching for the guys that you want to play this week. What have you narrowed it, narrowed it down to? Quarterbacks interesting this week. And I think the first couple of weeks we talked about, I generally don't invest in the quarterback position. I try to find the guy that's a little bit lower, um, but it's a little harder to do that in week three. There's not a lot at the bottom there that really catches my eye. So I think you kind of have, at least for me, I have to spend a little bit here. Obviously at the top, I mean, you look at a guy like Mahomes, he should have a huge day. Um, You know, Herbert should have a big day. So, you know, there's some options up there. But to be honest, my favorite quarterback this week is in that, I guess, maybe next tier down. uh, And that's your guy, uh, Kirk Thuggins there. I I think that this is a great week to play him. I think that, you know, they're going to throw the ball a lot in this game would be my guess. Uh, If they can protect him, heck, even if they can't, he's slinging the ball around pretty well. And even if he does make a mistake or two in fantasy, that's okay. You can still get by with that. So I love Cousins this week. Um, To be honest, I'm going to center pretty much all my lineups around him. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when you, yeah, when you get a little bit lower, there's just not a lot. I mean, you know, you could look at a guy like Russell Wilson and say, maybe you take a crack at him, but I just you know, there's not enough there for me to want to do that. Um, you know, a guy like Jordan Love, he's been kind of good, but I don't know, you know, that mm-hmm. Saints defense has been okay. So I just, there's not a lot towards the bottom that I really like here. And I don't really trust a guy like CJ Stroud yet. So I'll pay up a little bit, um, save the money from a Mahomes, whatever. And I'm, I'm rolling with Kirk Cousins this week. What about you? 
Oh man. Well, I, I better get at least one lineup where I'm rolling with Kirk Cousins because if he if he goes big and I don't have it, I'm gonna be very, very sad about it. So no, I do agree with you that in that game, I mean, you know that I bet the Vikings on the money line. I they've been tossing it all over, man. Like they're hardly running the ball. And I like that Kirk's been getting it out fast. You know, like you said, even if pressure is coming, a lot of the plays they're running, he doesn't have to sit back there and try to hold the ball and go deep. So I like it. I do have a few other guys I like this week, though, as I was building out lineups, and you mentioned a few of them, but I'll, I'll just get your thoughts on at least one or two you didn't. I'm interested in going back to your guy, Jared Goff, this week. Um, last week was you know kind of okay, and this week, I wonder about the game script with Atlanta coming in, but I don't think Atlanta's defense is great. Like I think it's middling. And they're playing in the Dome in Detroit again. And so I think it's a... Um, and part of what interests me is when we get into the other pieces, Amon Ross St. Brown is dealing with turf toe. And from what I've heard from people, even if he plays, it likely diminishes his productivity because it's such a painful injury. So Josh Reynolds is a guy that has been really uh, having some project production. Sam Laporta, if David Montgomery is out, this is getting into a lot of other positions. But you got Jameer Gibbs, who we hope at least would garner a little bit more usage if Montgomery's out. So part of it to me was I like the other pieces of this stack, the way it's falling this week in particular, and is golf good enough for me to want to play a Lions stack. And so maybe not as a one-off, but I think in a stack, I'm interested in him. And then, okay, this one makes me throw up in my mouth. I'm just going to say it though. I'm thinking about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Um, he's 6,100, so he's pretty cheap. And here's the deal is I think he sucks. We talk about this a lot, right? It's not me thinking he's good, but Nick Chubb is out. They're going against a, a front with Tennessee that we have established is really good against the run. And so I feel like even if Jerome Ford is really involved, I think some of that has to be in the passing game. And I think he's going to have to try to get the ball out quickly. Uh, and and this is one of those consolidation places where Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore are getting uh, like all the targets here. And I know David and Joku could get some, and he's had a few. So I have not put him in a lineup, but I'm thinking about it just because I think the upside is big, and I don't think many people will play him. Um, thoughts on that one? Well, you're right. I don't think he'll be rostered heavily in at least in single entry contests. Um, For good reason. Yeah, I you know I, I can't get with that. Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, your your logic makes sense. I mean, I think you're right. You could potentially look at whoever is quarterbacking against Tennessee every week, and because of the reasons you said, you can consider them because you really probably aren't going to run on them. So you're going to have to try to throw the ball, and they've been vulnerable, you know, against the pass. So I think you could look at that. But I think, you know, I look at this as, to me, even without Nick Chubb, I think this is going to be one of those physical kind of, you know, knock them out type games. I actually lean towards the under in this game as far as a betting perspective goes. The under 36 uh, and a half, by yes, the way. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm there with you, Yanni. I'm there with you, but it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously first one to 20 wins this. Um, so, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I've got to see something. And, and look, sometimes with DFS, you want to try to catch lightning in a bottle here. And maybe that's what it is. You find the game where everything lines up well for Watson and he he can go crazy. I just I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've seen no indication that he can throw the ball effectively. You know, he, he doesn't seem to have the running prowess that he had in his rookie and second year there. So I just I, I can't do it. I just can't do it, especially. For me, it's an eight hundred dollar difference between him and a guy like Cousins, you know, who who I pointed out there. Fair enough. You know, if he was at fifty one hundred, then maybe you could say, okay, now I'm really saving money, and you know, I'm going to try to whatever. But I just, I kind of look at that, and and even like Goff, you mentioned. I mean, I think he's sixty five hundred. So I mean, it's it's so close there that I just don't think the value's there. It, it, maybe if he was in the mid mid five thousands, even, but I just, I can't do it. All right, maybe we'll scrub it from the record that I mentioned his name because hey, I'm not I, a huge fan. So I hope he doesn't have six touchdowns this week because you're going to be really mad at me if that happens. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I won't be. But uh, I am going to throw out two other ones, and this is going all the way down to the bottom. Um, but I have, and again, my reasons here are more stacking reasons than anything. Um, but I actually am 
interested in CJ Stroud. He's 5,300. So there is a bigger difference. And here's the reason is I like that Jacksonville versus Houston game for there to potentially be a lot of points. I think the most likely game script is Jacksonville goes up quite a bit. But what we've seen from Houston is when that happens, they throw the ball and they have been able to at least gain a lot of yards um, and have some production there um, when they're putting the ball in the air a lot. And so I think you like Nico Collins. I think Tank Dell is interesting now that he's getting more playing time. And then you can come back on the other side with some like ETN and Ridley or something like that. And so for me, it's a way to get in that game, but get different than all the people who are going to play the Jag stack um, and try to be different on the other side. Yeah, I, you know, and, and there is potential upside there for sure. I mean, we got a glimpse of potentially what C.J. Stroud and that Texans passing game can do. Um, I mean, you can absolutely stack him and Nico Collins. And like you said, that leaves you a lot of a lot of bank to bring in a guy like Etienne or Ridley or, you know, even look at another game if you want to do that. So, um, I, I mean, I think you can certainly make that case. I, I'm not sold yet on Stroud. Um, you know, and, and I think that even though I'm with you, I, I think points are going to be good in this game. Um, it's kind of one of those, I need to see a little bit more from both teams here before I really dive, dive into that. Six points from the Jags wasn't enough to convince you, I, man, you know, that offense is sputtering and, and granted, you know, a game with Houston, it should be a get right spot, a home game. You, with Houston, you hope, but, but, but totally. yeah, you never know. You never know. All right. Well, that's, uh, some good quarterback talk. And I, anytime that we think something could be good for the Vikings. I'll take it. So let's move on to running backs. Um, and let's, let's hear, let's just break this into two pieces. So let's start with six grand and up. Um, so, so more of that top end, uh, what are the running backs you want to look to in, in that range? Well, you mentioned Bijan Robinson. I mean, if you have the money or want to kind of build your lineup, I think He's going to continue to be more and more evolved. I think as the season goes on, you know, that workload's going to be less 50-50 with Tyler Algier and more 60-40, maybe even 70-30. Um, you know, he's just he's just so so freaking good. I mean, they're going to have yeah. to play him um, and they're going to have to get him the ball. And obviously, you know, I, I would say it's a pretty favorable matchup. Now, the Lions run defense has been OK the first couple weeks. I've been awful. Um, but I think it's an okay matchup here for him. So I think you can look that way. Um, obviously, I mean, I think Pollard is an option at the top, but, you know, a little too pricey for my taste. He should have a big game against Arizona, but, you know, that's a lot of money. I think you mentioned ETN. Like, th to me, this is a get-right game for him. Um, I would expect him to really have a nice game here. But I, I would say, you know, the other two that I would consider here as I'm looking – it's a little risky, but I think Ramondre Stevenson is is in play this week. I think you can consider mm -hmm. him um, based on the type of game I think we're going to get here. Now, he has not looked great. That offensive line has not looked great. But I think in this game, they are going to be able to kind of get back to him a little bit. But really, the, I would say my favorite play for me this week, and it's not a guy I really love in DFS. I really don't. But this week, I like him, and that's Kenneth Walker. Um, I think that, you know, he's got a home matchup in a game that they should be winning. And to me, that's Pete Carroll handing him the rock a lot. And I think going into the season, the concern with Walker was he was going to be in a timeshare and he really hasn't been. I mean, he has been the number one guy. So he wasn't extremely productive last week from a yardage standpoint, but he did get in the end zone twice. Uh, and I think this week we're going to see more of the yardage production. And obviously, uh, you know, again, in a game that I think they're going to be ahead, I mean, I, I would Certainly, I, I mean, I basically expect him to score at least once in this game. So he's a guy, I think he's 6,200. Yep. So yeah, 6,200. 6, yep. So he, he's probably my favorite running back play this week. Yeah, so I'll be honest. I He was not on my radar until I read your article, and I think the case you make for him is is a really good one, especially at that price point. I, probably the thing that kept me off is um, not – running to play a running back against Carolina's defense because right. uh, they've been solid. But Kenneth Walker can can uh, ha has that big play potential too, is what I'm trying to say. Like he can get some big chunks, so it doesn't have to be five yards at a time all the time. And I think that's good because that just requires a defense to make a few mistakes. And to your point, if they're ahead, um, then he's going to be getting a lot of opportunity, although he is going to have to go against the Red Rocket on Sunday. So I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, one thing I will say too about that though, we talk obviously a lot about matchups and 
we saw Carolina and we, I, we joked about it. I mean, that was their Super Bowl the other night. I mean, that, you know, that they were out there at home trying to play on national TV. They got to go across the country. Yeah. They're 0 and 2. They realize their offense can't score points. Like, is that defense, you know, for four quarters going to be able to fire it up and really want to hit a guy like, you know, Kenneth Walker? That factors into, I think, when you look at this matchup. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. That's a really good point. So for me, uh, yeah, I like Robinson quite a bit. Um, and I have him in two out of the three lineups that I've built so far. I mean, I'll build some more out as well. Um, man, he's just so dynamic. And I just feel like any matchup where it's okay, I almost want to play him right now because I'm afraid these prices are going to be gone within a few right. weeks. Right. <laughs> and so, so I like him. I actually like Tony Pollard, but the main reason is in a couple of my lineups, I've used the Cowboys as a secondary stack with uh, Pollard, Lamb, and Ferguson, and that's fit in really well. And so I agree with you that he's a little, especially in a game where it's like, man, if they're up big, they may even just sit him, let somebody else get the touches. So I am a little concerned about that, and I don't know if I'll stick with it. If he plays the whole game, there's certainly huge upside potential, but you do have to be concerned of whether he'll play the whole game or not. And then I like Travis Etienne. I mean, no, no mystery there. Why? Right. If that game is going to be high scoring, he's been playing great. Um, you know, I like him as well at 6,900, I think is pretty sure. reasonable. So, all right, let's, uh, let's drop down to the, the bottom half of the, uh, the price sheet. I don't know what I should call it. Who do you like on the bottom? You know, not a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I, I mean, this is definitely a week for me where the flex is not coming from the running back position uh, just because there's not a whole lot I like there. I mean, I think Brees Hall is an interesting option um, because he did not get the ball last week. He was vocal about it, and I think they are going to work him. Now, again, he's still working through an injury, and he's got a tough matchup. Now, granted, I think it's a matchup where I mentioned Ramondre Stevenson. I think we're going to see a lot of running on both sides there. I, I mean, I think you can look at him. I think, you know, an interesting guy is Zach Moss, um, you know, only because he basically got 100% of the snap share last yeah, That's right. Um, and looked okay with him, too. He did okay. Now he's got a little tougher matchup, obviously, going against the Ravens there. So I, I don't love him just because of the matchup. Um, I think what you can really look at here, though, that's it, it, to me is interesting is, you can look and you got to, this is where a little bit of what you talked about in the opening, you almost have to guess the right, the right spot is one of the Kansas city chiefs running backs and Pacheco's a little bit dinged up. And, and I would say this, if Pacheco Ooh. does not go in this game and they may rest him, it's a hamstring. It's a game they're favored by double digits. I mean, you know, he may not go. I think you could look at Clyde Edwards, Hilaire or Jarek McKinnon in this game and, you know, both of those guys cost nothing and they could potentially get you a lot of points. So that probably remains until uh, an hour and a half before kickoff on Sunday, because you're going to need to see who, uh, you know, if Pacheco's up. But I, I can tell you, you know, they should run all over the Bears in this game. It's just a matter of who's going to get the carry. So you either have to guess that or if Pacheco's out, you go with one of the other two and you should be all right. I was just looking up the price on Edward Tolaire. So 4,100, which is yeah. about as cheap as you can get. That's interesting. I actually had not heard that, heard that about Pacheco. So I'm glad you said that because I had Pacheco on my list feeling like a running back against the Bears would be a good spot to go to. So like you're saying, McKinnon or Edward Tolaire, if, if Pacheco is out, I, I think is definitely worth considering. Yeah, it's it looks like he he had limited practice. So I mean, Pacheco will probably go, and that muddies it up a little bit because yeah. you're probably getting a triple share at that point. Um, but you know, again, something to monitor. It could be one of those things where they just opt, like, "Hey, we're going to let you rest this week." I mean, we we have to wait and see. Yeah, um, a couple other guys that I like here. Um, one is Joshua Kelly. Uh, if Eckler's out. I mean, again, get, getting a piece of that Minnesota Chargers game, and Minnesota's not going to exactly bottle up the run completely or something. So I think he's in a good spot there. And then let's see. I had, yeah, I had McKinnon written down. And then this is, this goes back to what we were saying about Pollard. I mean, if you wanted to take a flyer, uh, this would get you different is you could go to Deuce Vaughn at 4,400. It's cheap. If he ends up playing most of the second half, he's looked good when he's been in there um, and he's getting more and more opportunity. So I think there's a chance that even if Pollard plays a lot of the game, it's not like he gets you zero, but it's definitely limited 
if he doesn't get some extra usage. Low so, floor, high ceiling. I mean, that's that's what yeah, that's right. right, right, that's right. Yep. All right, I'm with you, man. It's funny how week to week it can be like, oh, I love all the running backs this week, and then the next week you're like, oh, I don't really like any of the running backs it's this week. It's crazy week to week how it varies. It really is. Yep. It's honestly, I will say that's one of the things that I've enjoyed as I've done more, a lot more with DFS this year than I ever have before is it's almost like a discovery every week of like, oh, which positions are going to be ones that I like this week? And you get into all your stuff and then you kind of figure it out, which is a lot of fun. Right. So, yep. Um, all right. Well, let's go to wide receiver. And I'm really interested in sort of this top tier or at least like the number ones on a lot of these teams. But l- let's go with $6,000 and up again for wide receiver because there are even as you get down toward that 6000 there's quite a few number ones in there. So what do you think? Uh at the position that I would say, it sounds like you too are more interested in this week. Uh, a lot of good stuff to look at at receiver. Yeah, and I think, to be honest, I think there's a lot of good stuff kind of in that more middle tier of receiver. Um, I'm actually a little hesitant on the top. Now, I love Jefferson this week. I think he's going to have a huge game, but obviously he's the most expensive option out there. If you're playing you know, a Cousins Jefferson type stack, you're not leaving yourself a lot of room to, to do a whole lot else. No. Um, but Yanni, I got, I got to say real quick, I'm hopeful that this could be the week we cash the bet you brought up, which is one 200 yard game from Justin Jefferson. It'd be really nice to get that this week. I was just going to say like, this could be the 200 yard game. So yeah, Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Yeah, no, but you know, I, I love him, but again, I don't know that you want to, you're going to be able, unless you specifically build your lineup around him, you know, obviously he's pricey. Um, I don't like Tyree Kill this week. And actually, it's funny. I mentioned Patrick Sertan, but he's kind of got that matchup. And I think Waddle, it doesn't look like he's going to play. And obviously, yep. you can devote a little bit more emphasis to stopping Hill when you don't have to worry about Waddle on the other side. Excuse me. Um, I don't like yep. Diggs this week. I think, you know, weather's a factor. I think that Washington defense is, can be a little nasty. So I don't love Diggs here. Um, I'm actually going down a little bit lower. Um, you know, I think. Keenan Allen's a guy who's proven he can get it done. You kind of mentioned the stack here in that game with potential points. I think you can look at Allen, although if you've noticed, this is a really crazy stat. Allen is not great in domes for whatever reason. Really? Yeah, it's weird. I looked and I was reading and I'm like, that's really strange. So again, that could just be circumstance. You know, he doesn't play in domes that often. Maybe when he does, for whatever reason, he didn't have great games. But, you know, that it, it just kind of worries me a little bit. It's like, okay, is there something there? Um, so, you know, for me, it's like I'm dropping down a little bit further. Uh, a guy that I really like this week who I'm not high on overall, but he's actually done well, and that's Michael Pittman. Um, with Indianapolis and you kind of mentioned they don't really spread it around much it's kind of the same few guys that are getting in on the action there and he has a pretty favorable matchup that Baltimore secondary is thin it's banged up they're missing you know a couple of their key players back there I think Pittman catches a lot of passes in this game and he is kind of that guy in a PPR league where you look up and it's like oh my god he's caught nine passes you know and and whatever and i think that we could see that from Pittman here so for me when i look at his price tag at 6200 and i compare it to you know whatever even a calvin ridley let's just say at 7200 I, I like that value there comparatively speaking this week now again not necessarily all the time but this week so those are you know kind of my thoughts on some of the higher end guys up there not not a lot there either um, which may be why, you know, I have a lineup with Jefferson and cousins in it. So, yeah, just to back up what you're saying on Pittman, 83, uh, passing, uh, snaps where he's had, had routes, 21 of them, he's been targeted. So Four on that Colts time, team, yeah. that's a lot. You probably don't want to, but if you wanted the secondary stack and you have room, Granson is a cheap tight end and he's had 10 targets for this offense and you got gar- probably Gardner Minshew playing still which right. I think for those pass catchers is actually a good thing, not a bad thing. I don't know right. if it's a good thing for the Colts overall, uh, but for pass catching, it's good. So, yeah, in that top tier, I mean, part of the problem is I look at, um, I actually love what you said is starting with Tyree Kill, I'm pointing like everyone can see my screen right now, which no one can, but uh, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I talked about the turf toe, so I don't right. like that. Yeah. If I stack up the Cowboys, I would use C.D. Lamb because of the usage. I wouldn't want to stack the Cowboys and not use him. So that, again, is the decision of do I think these guys are going to play for the whole game or not. Um, I am interested in him if I decide to do that. Jalen Waddle probably not playing. Uh, I don't know. Like I'm not super interested in the Seahawks pass catchers this week. So to your point, there's a lot of these that just kind of weed themselves out for me. 
and it gets me down basically to Pittman. Um, and then Mike Williams, maybe. I mean, what you said about Keenan Allen, basically the Vikings are blitzing a ton this year and not getting home. And so Herbert's probably going to have time to stand back there and push the ball down the field if he wants to, which probably helps Mike Williams. Um, so I think Keenan Allen is definitely in play, but I don't mind coming down to Mike Williams just above $6,000. I mean, Mike Williams in week one was the guy that I was like, man, I got to have Mike Williams. And it's, yes, he's had two bad weeks, but this is a guy, if you look back, that he does that and he does that. And then he has a huge week. Yeah, it, so, it feels it feels like he is a ticking time bomb that way that, you know, it's going to be 150 yards and two touchdowns on one of these weeks. And obviously, I think this, to your point, could be that week where that could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to not go to Allen, you could even, if, and you wanted to stack, you could do uh, him and Joshua Kelly uh, sure. as, a, as a Chargers stack potentially. So, all right, uh, dropping below 6,000. I have, uh, man... <laughs> too many people written down probably yeah. below 6,000. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of options. Um, you know, you, I think we have to look a little bit, you know, potentially at the injury reports, but um, I think Amari Cooper is an interesting option. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. I don't know that I, like I said, I could get behind that, but I think if I needed a one-off receiver, I think Cooper at his price tag, assuming he's healthy, this is the type of game He's at home. They're going to have to throw. I mean, I feel like this is a game where he gets in the end zone, makes some catches, um, you know, so that I think is an option. Uh, your guy, Jordan Addison, we, you know, we talked about potentially yep. snacking there. I think he and KJ Osborne are both potentially at least worth a look. And then a guy that we talked about, I think after week one is, is Zay Flowers. I mean, that price point, he's at 5,400. And I mean, at this point, he's a number one receiver. Not yep. to mention OBJ is out now, so you know a little less uh, competition for targets there. Not that OBJ was heavily involved, anyways, but I think you know Flowers is clearly that number one receiver. Uh, maybe not counting Mark Andrews, but at least at receiver. So when you look at that price point, I mean, I like him this week better than a lot of those guys in that high six thousand range, and you know he's at that fifty four hundred mark. So I think you can definitely look at a guy like that. Uh, you mentioned Nico Collins. I think that's, you know, this is another week where you could potentially play him. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking to see who else I've got because I know I had on there. Oh, you know, kind of in the same vein of Flowers is Rashad Bateman. I mean, with again, OBJ out. And, and I know Bateman is a little bit hit or miss and he's kind of been the forgotten guy, but he's $4,600. And I think in a game like this against a not good Colts secondary, I mean, we saw what we saw what happened to them last week. I think Bateman and Flowers are both options. So, I mean, I think you could look at either of them. You might have to get a little bit lucky on, on what you do there. Um, and then, you know, just dropping down kind of to the, uh, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel, so to speak there. You mentioned Josh Reynolds. I think he's still an option. Now, he's a little banged up too, but we had him last week. And he certainly, you know, he certainly produced. And I think he could do that again. So, I mean, those are kind of some of the guys lower down there that I, I think you really can take a look at here. Yeah, you ticked off a fair number of the ones that I've written down. And I won't read everyone that I have written down because I, I certainly have to narrow it. Um, Let me add but, one more real quick. I don't, I, yeah, just sure. before I forget, yep. um, I have them written down here. And that's Braxton Berrios. And again, if Waddle's out, the attention was Sertan and the Broncos to Hill. I think Berrios gets yeah. an increase in snaps in that game. And when he's in there, they look to him, you know, they get him the ball. He's quick. He can make plays. He's, you know, that kind of thing. And he's only 3,600. So, you know, he's kind of one of those guys Good. where if you build your lineup and you're like, oh, I only got a little bit of money left, you know, you could slot him in kind of like what we were saying, low floor for sure, but very high ceiling this week. Yeah. Honestly, if Waddle's out, I like it, man. Yeah. I mean, they have to go somewhere and we'll talk about tight end in a minute. But like, especially if Tyreek's being taken away, man, you wonder what that does to this offense, but he he's going to have to be involved, I would think. So, yep. um, yeah, so I had Amari Cooper written down. Definitely Addison, if you want to stack the Vikings, um, man, they, they've looked to him in the end zone. So I think, you know, that's that's a good look for him. Zay Flowers, 100% with you, man. Uh, this guy's getting targeted a ton. And again, I think he's just going to keep moving up salary wise. And so I like like getting him in there. Nico Collins, I had written down. Reynolds I like um Shahid oh and that was one I didn't say because I had it on a different already in my lineup was Olave um I have used those three um Saints receivers as a, a secondary stack in one of my lineups because going against Green Bay not the easiest matchup but again if they can have a big day those three guys go off I think so I don't mind that 
Osborne you could use if you're stacking the Vikings. I think he's only $4,000, so that's a way to get a cheaper piece. And then I'll just talk about a couple kind of long shots because you hit on a lot of the ones that I would say I like um, kind of to use more frequently uh, already. One is Marvin Mims Jr. with the Broncos. Now, this is like, man, this is the floor is in the basement, but the ceiling is really high. He had two catches for 115 yards or something. I mean, I don't know if Peyton doesn't like him or what, where he's not getting more opportunity, but it seems like if he got opportunity, he could really go off. And he's someone sort of like Hyatt on the on the Giants, who I talked about last week, where it's like, maybe you only need a couple catches out of him and you're okay because he's $3,900. So I don't think I'm going to play him a lot, but I just think it's an interesting one to watch what they do with him as the season progresses. Yeah, And, and a good matchup. I mean, he's, you know, he's, yeah. gonna be, you know, potentially going against zone and or Eli Apple, which is, you know, appealing. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, in a game where we think the dolphins are probably going to put up points because they certainly have done that the first two weeks. So, you know, could they be chucking it around? And like you said, could be a wide open game. So no, I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. And then, and then the other one for me, and this is, I have to hold my nose about as much as I have to hold it for Deshaun Watson. But this came out of the, the research I was doing just on usage. And it's, it's Jonathan Mingo on the Panthers. But this guy's getting, he has the most targets on the team um, in terms of receiving. So he's getting opportunity. Now, that doesn't mean he's doing a lot with it. <laughs> but he's 3400 bucks. So if you get a guy that's being targeted a decent amount, and who knows with Andy Dalton if the targets will look different too. Maybe he looks to Thielen even more or something. But just another one of those where if you're going all the way down to the bottom, I feel like almost the best that I can hope for is who's going to get an opportunity. Sure. And at least so far this year, he's had one. But like you were just talking about, if Waddle's out and Barrios is 200 bucks more, definitely would go there. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. I appreciate you not leaving the stream when I said the words Jonathan Mingo. That was very <laughs> nice of you. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to tight end and we'll just take the, the, the whole position at once here. We won't break it into tears or anything. What do you think about tight end? Well, I, you know, I think really the top four there are all good plays. The problem is, is obviously their price tag. So and again, unless you want to build around Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, that that's, that's up to you. But I think to your point, um, you know, you mentioned a guy like Sam Laporta there at 4,000. I think Njoku's a nice play here this week as well. You know, kind of has the opportunity, I think, to, to potentially score here. So I like him. Um, you know, going down a little further, I think you mentioned Ferguson with Dallas. Here's a guy that I think they want. I sound like Chris Collinsworth. Here's a guy. Uh, here, here's a guy that I think <laughs> the they, they want to get him more involved. They seem high on him. Uh, you know, he's been somewhat involved the first couple weeks this last week a little bit, but I think this could definitely be a good spot for him. So I think Ferguson, he's at 3,600. And then I think, you know, a couple others, Zach Ertz, you actually mentioned this today and I, I saw them talking about that. He's the most targeted tight end in the league through two weeks. So, crazy. you know, you got Dobbs who tight end is kind of that security blanket. Obviously Ertz is a veteran. He's kind of been forgotten about, but we forget it was only a couple seasons ago that he was one of the best tight ends of the league. You know, it was only a couple years ago. So, um, you know, I think he's interesting. And then Dalton Kincaid, my, my guy there with the bills, I think he's an option this week. Um, Dawson Knox is questionable and I think it's a legitimate questionable that he's going to play. And if he doesn't, I think we're going to see obviously a ton of Kincaid. And I think that Josh Allen proved last week, he's kind of dialing it back with a little bit of that crazy gunslinger. And he kind of went to more of that short, quick passing game and Kincaid kind of got some looks early in the game. So if Knox is out, I think Kincaid is a definite play here. And then the last one, I mentioned him last week and, and he kind of laid an egg, but I think you could look at him again. That's Adam Troutman. Um, with Denver here again he is the primary snap getter at this point the Dolphins do not defend the tight end well they haven't for the last couple of years and again a game where we think it's going to be high scoring so you know even though he laid an egg last week you might consider if you need to save the money giving him a second chance obviously knowing that he's goose egg once he could do it again <laughs> right right he could do it again yeah yeah uh, a lot of similarity here I love Ferguson, man. I, yeah. I mean, at 3600 bucks, the way that he's being used, 
I mean, they're going to him like they did to Schultz or more. Right. So I think that is a steal. I mean, that's Zay Flowers territory or Bijan Robinson territory steal for me. If you want to construct a team of the guys that might be underpriced at this point, I would definitely put him on that list. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yep. So, so I love that one just for the price point, depending on what else you're doing. I agree with you. I mean, if I was going to do a chief stack, I think I would just do Mahomes Kelsey. Yeah. And that takes away a lot of the other stuff you can do, but you're just throwing a dart after that to, to try to, maybe you even throw in like an Edward Solaire or something right. uh, if Pacheco's out. But so I could see using Kelsey that way if you wanted to do it. Hawkinson certainly deserves consideration in the game he's going to be in. And I would say same for Gerald Everett because he's a 3,800 and, you know, who knows what usage he gets, but he's pretty cheap. A couple others that I'll just throw in that I think are interesting to consider at least. The first one is Taysom Hill. Watching that week, that that game last week, they're start. It feels like they're starting to use him in some of the high leverage situations again, and giving him running opportunities. And if he gets running opportunities, a lot of times it's pound the ball and I got two yards. But it feels like inevitably he also gets the twenty five or thirty yard one that he that he breaks it for, and maybe right. he comes in on the goal line and gets a touchdown. So he's thirty three hundred. And when I'm looking at people around him, other than Ferguson, it's like, man, if they're going to use him that way, you know, it's it's a it's a great value if they do. Yeah, and you know you, that you bring up a really good point. And to be honest, I didn't really consider Hill until just listening to you. You kind of sold me a little bit on him, but they're thin at running back this week too, right? Exactly. They're, you know, they're, yep. So you know. Like you said, how do we know he doesn't get a dozen carries? I mean, it could happen. So I really yeah, think it could. Yeah, yeah, yep. for sure. That that's really interesting. And you know, it's like he tends to be the guy you overlook, right? You never really pay close attention. Totally. To but I think that you're right. This is a week where it could absolutely be a Taysom Hill type type game. Yeah, and that's one of those too. I mean, now I'm talking myself into making sure I use. I probably won't use them all across the board. Sure. Yeah. But. He, his role is the kind where if he does what he's done at times in the past and they give him that role, and this week is a situation because of the running back situation where you could see it happening, it's like slate winning type stuff yeah. because yeah. no other tight end is going to do what he does then. Right. Um, the other one for me is Durham Smythe. The, this goes back to that Dolphins situation. Um, he's actually the third most targeted behind Hill and Waddle on the team right. right now. And so he hasn't done a ton with it, and I don't think he's great, but he's 2900 bucks. Yeah. And if, if Waddle's out, um, they got to throw to somebody. So that's Barrios, Smythe, that's, maybe. I I don't know. Uh, yeah. So he's on my list. Yep, agreed. Um, all right, let's uh, hit the defense special teams here quick. Uh, again, obviously, it's nice to save money here if you can, but sometimes you have to take a defense that's going to produce as well. Uh, which way are you leaning? I, you know, if you have the money – Boy, both the Cowboys and Chiefs are pretty appealing this week if you if you have the money. Um, but I, you know where I like looking, and not so much now. Uh, you know this was more Bryce Young based, but I like the Seahawks, and I know they have a bad defense. Mm. They don't necessarily rush particularly well, but you know I think that that matchup against that Carolina offense at home, there's some definite potential there for sure. Um, you know, beyond that, I also, I'm just trying to see who else I had circled here. You know, I mean, it, it, unless you're going to spend the money, I think at that point you drop down. But actually, I, I hate to say it, but I think the commanders are an option you can play at the bottom end here. And mm -hmm. not that I necessarily expect them to, sh you know, shut out the bills. But again, this is potentially going to be a rainy type game. We've seen the statistics of Josh Allen turning it over. And even when he doesn't, he still gets sacked. Um, you know, the Bills offensive line is not good. You've heard me preach that before. And with that defensive front, even if the Bills win this game, even if their offense is playing well, he could still end up sacked four times, you know? So I think when you kind of look at the bottom there, if you're like, hey, I got to save some money, I think that's definitely an area that you can look. Yep. I will just say I agree with you on Washington for the reasons that you said. That was one of the ones I had written down at the bottom here. I, I love Dallas. Having Trayvon Diggs out now, that news just came out today. I mean, I, it, it's not helpful because he's kind of an interception machine. So right. you maybe lose a little bit of the, the turnover there. But 
with that defensive line, I think you've still got tons of opportunity for sacks and fumbles and all that. And they do have a deep secondary. I mean, that's the one positive. They have yeah. one of the deepest secondaries in the league. So that picking helps. up Stefan Gilmore looks even bigger now. Right. Uh, huge now. <laughs> than it did. Huge. Yeah. yeah. So um I a couple others that I think are at least just interesting to consider. And a lot of this to me depends on what fits after I've done everything else. Sure. And that's why I throw these out there. But New England, when you're going against Zach Wilson, um, I consider you <laughs> and they have a good defense. Yep. Detroit, same thing. Desmond Ritter has had far and away the highest percentage of turnover worthy plays this year. He's just gotten lucky at some point. He's not going to get lucky anymore. So I could definitely see whoever he plays getting some turnovers. And then the last one, if I had to do it, I would hold my nose and play Chicago. I know their defense is bad, but here's the thing. Kansas city's offense has been sluggish so far this year. It's the defense that's looked better than the offense. And yeah, I mean, it might end up turning into a cluster, but if the Chiefs continue to not have great output on offense and they only put up 24 points, 20 points, uh, you know, again, it's like if I had a lineup I love and and I have to sacrifice and take Chicago or take off some other player I love, yeah. I could hold my nose and do it. I'm, I'm not going to go to them on purpose. Um, I think I would go to Washington on purpose. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think no, I think so. that's a good point. And I mean, that happens sometimes. You're like, oh man, I got this perfect roster, but now I got to play the worst defense. But I, you're right. I think it's worth it because you know, and you also never know. They could be a horrible defense, and whatever the center botches a snap, and it becomes yep. a six point play for the defense, even with a shitty. De- I mean, it happens. So yep. I, I, I totally understand your logic behind that there. And you mentioned I. I I did not mention, I'm glad you mentioned, I think New England is an interesting option this week as well. So I think I'm glad you pointed that out because I missed that one. That's great. Uh, let's real quick here, uh, just build out a lineup for fun. Um, you want to go with the the Vikings stack since that's where you're going for the most part? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Cousins this week and it's, it's yep. your team. Let's let's do it. You I put mean, with, do you think you put them with uh, like Hawkinson and Addison? Or wh- where do you go in terms of the receiving targets? I mean, I, I think Addison and Osborne, you could definitely both put in there just, you know, to start and then kind of see what you have. See I what think you're Hawk- with. Yeah, I think Hawkinson is probably the question mark here because he's at, what is he at here? He was at 6,500. Yeah, so obviously now again, he potentially is worth it. But, you know, that to me is the question. Do you want to invest in Hawkinson he could definitely have a game like last week where he scores a couple touchdowns or whatever, but he could also have that four catch 50 yard game, which, you know, then you spend a lot of money and you don't get a huge return. Um, so I don't know, to me, I'd rather wait and see, you know, can you fit Hawkinson or Jefferson in at the end, um, you know, based on that. Cause I I'd like to see what you said, you know, for example, Zay flowers, um, you know, yep. putting a guy like that in, uh, you know, kind of seeing I, how much we have. Left. I threw in Taysom, I threw in Taysom Hill for now for fun. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, and I put in the Washington defense. So okay. we've got two running backs and a flex left and we have $7,500 per position. So we're probably not too far away from being able to get to Justin Jefferson. If we can well, figure it out at running back. I mean, I like Kenneth Walker, obviously. I don't oh, you know. Oh, right, right. Yep. Your call. I think let's he's put him in. No, 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 let's put him in. No, this is us doing it together. That's great. Uh, let me just put in Justin Jefferson at the flex and see sure. what we can get to. Uh, so, oh, we could go Justin Jefferson, Travis Etienne is available. That, that sounds pretty Seems pretty good. solid to me. Yeah. So so here's what we'd have. And, and the only thing, the qu- main question I'd have for you here is, well, two questions. One is, it's going to be really heavy on the Vikings, and we have no Chargers coming back the other way. Like, right. is that okay? But... So right now it's Cousins, Walker, ETN, Addison, Osborne, Flowers, Taysom Hill, Justin Jefferson, and the Commanders. Um, If you had to pick one Charger to try to get in, who would it be? Would it be Williams, Kelly, Allen? I mean, you know, Kelly, I think, is interesting. What's his price? I'm looking at his price here. He's... 54. 54. So we could take out ETN. We could put in Kelly. Um, and then we could get up to the Chiefs defense. I mean, anything but the Cowboys, basically. We'd have $4,000 left. Um, or we could look at moving up at tight end. Um, 
could get out of Osborne if we wanted to and see what else we could get there. I mean, I would almost like to slot Barrios in there, you know, assuming okay. Waddle's not playing and potentially, yeah. you know, if you wanted to get out of Osborne, um, you know, I think you save oh, a few perfect. dollars there. Here's what that does. Uh, that gets us to 4,400 bucks and we got the Cowboys. So I mean, now we've got, now we've at least got exposure on the Chargers. So we have Cousins and then we have Walker and Kelly. Addison, Barrios, Flowers, and Jefferson. Jefferson's the flex, but uh, they're all receivers. You can flip it around however you want. And then Taysom Hill is the tight end and the Cowboys defense. What is um what is Hill's price tag? Taysom Hill? Uh thirty three hundred. So okay. if you wanted to get off of him and like go to Ferguson, is that what you're thinking? Maybe or I, or I was just wondering, you know, where yeah. how far off? Yeah, I'm looking. So, so Ferguson's thirty. So three hundred bucks. Like the easiest place to drop down would be to go back down to like the Chiefs defense instead of the instead of the Cowboys, um, and then you could get to Ferguson. Well, you know, to me, it's whatever your preference is. I think Ferguson's probably a little more steady, but you know, Hill yep. may have, or you know, you mentioned he could have some upside this week. Uh, you know. Your call there. I'm trying to win all the money, Yanni. So I'm going to hey. leave it Hill and the Cowboys. I think the upside the upside is higher. The floor is lower. Let's is do it. Let, let's do so. it. Let's do it. Let, let's hope. Uh, let's hope that works. Awesome. I like it. Well, I'll watch the injuries, but otherwise, I think I will uh, leave that one alone. I like that, and yeah, I got to yeah. get it on the Vikings, man. If the Vikings crush it, I'm never going to forgive myself for not being. I honest. mean, what if it's a 45 point game where Cousins lights it? I mean, you, you'd never forgive. I got to. I got to be there, Yanni. I got to be yeah. there. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We all know that I'm going to be in a heap on Sunday afternoon morning. Another Vikings four turnover loss. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we can dream. Three to nothing, uh, Chargers. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. Um, hey, before we get out of here, I do just want to say, too, I referenced your article earlier, but man, like really great stuff on DFS, props, bets, all that kind of stuff. So if anyone is not yet following at the Bet Crushers on Twitter and you've not gone and bookmarked BetCrushers.com, the website, go and do that shit right now. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, appreciate that it's been a good start <laughs> to the season let's uh keep our fingers crossed we can keep it rolling i'm with you man all right thanks for breaking it down i'll talk to you later appreciate it take care